We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. This is the best of investing on 860 AM, The Answer. The show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial market, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown. My two co-hosts are not here right now, but that's okay because we have a guest we're going to introduce in just a minute here. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during the show. That certificate's not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Today's trivia theme is Early American History. Now, today we have a special guest, Jack Duffley of Duffley Media, LLC. Jack, welcome to the Best of Investing. Thanks for having me, Edward. Appreciate it. Um, well, we'll see who's going to win that uh, that tanning certificate. Yeah. It's a, hey, you know what? Those certificates are worth over $100. So, it, uh, you know, get deal. tan on. The summer's coming here. Um, so I'll give, uh, I'll give the audience a little uh, quick bio here. Uh, Jack is a commercial real estate attorney who moved from Chicago to Houston in 2022. And within months of moving to Houston, he bought his first small business, a carpet cleaning and a carpet, excuse me, and steam cleaning business doing about $300,000 per year in revenue. So uh, first I got to ask you um, why the move to, from Chicago to Houston? Sure. Well, I mean, the main reason my wife got a job down here, we okay. both grew up in Chicagoland. She was in the city. I was in the suburbs. We met down at the university of Illinois in the middle of the state before heading back up to Chicago where we lived for a couple of years before um, she was wrapping up her grad school. I went to law school in Chicago. She ended up getting a nice job down here in Houston. Um, and the firm that I was working at, the law firm I was working at, uh, had an office in both Chicago and Houston. So they let me move. Okay. We were kind of looking outside Chicago as well. So a uh, bunch of factors there, I guess. Um, I'm going to say that the, the, the best thunderstorms are in May in Houston. <laughs> oh, they're yeah. just uh, they're awesome. In California, we just don't get that kind. So when I've, I've only been to Houston once and it was just phenomenal. Loved it. Yeah, May was intense this year for sure. April was excellent. It's my first full year through living here now. I've moved back in uh, August of, the, of this previous year in 2022. Yeah. So um, almost through a full year now. So well, August uh, in Houston uh, is a little warmer than yeah, it was, it was about 103 when I was arriving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely nice and hot and humid. It'll keep you, keep you nice and skinny. Um, now, the thing is, you're a commercial real estate attorney, but within the first few months of moving to Houston, you bought a business, a small business, a carpet and steam cleaning business. Okay. That's totally different than a law practice. So what yeah, right. What happened? It's a good question. Um, I, I originally come from kind of a, a real estate background, I guess. I've, I've bought a few properties here and there. I wouldn't call myself a mogul by any means, but 
that's kind of where I got my start in investing in general. And when I was going to law school, it was with the perspective of, of being an investor, I would say investor first. And then when I was picking a major to study, it was like, okay, what major would help me eventually get to this end goal of having most of my time being spent towards investing? At least that's kind of how I was thinking. Um, law seemed to fit my skill set pretty well. So uh, with that in mind, uh, I started off buying a few properties here and there, got into stock investing as well, especially in the last couple of years. But um, just given where prices have gone with so many things, especially real estate, it's definitely a lot tougher to find a great cash flowing deal like it might have been uh, yeah, a few years sure. back. Um, so, you know, some of those difficulties in mind, not, you, not that you can't find great deals now, but I'm just looking for ways to really catapult my cash flow position uh, mm-hmm. a lot further, especially looking into the long term. And I think one of the best ways to do that, if you have the time and are willing to take some risks, is in the small business space. I didn't really understand that you could actually buy 100% of a small business on a relatively open market, just like you might buy a house in many cases. And there's lots of financing options available as well, which we can so get you, into. Are you, but, let me interrupt you for a second. So to say, are you basically talking about buying it no money down? Is that effectively what you're talking about? Uh, you could do that. Um, it, you might have to be, get a little bit creative, but even so with something like an SBA loan, that's a small business administration, okay. you can buy a business for usually 10% down, yeah. um, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Uh, not every business will qualify, but many will. Um, it's a pretty arduous process to get that loan, but it's going to be fixed rate for some decent term, call it seven to 10 years, um, 25 years in the case of uh, a deal that has a lot of real estate involved. So you got great financing there. You can also look at private money um, or what I did for this business is I actually used my uh, salary at the time to qualify for personal loans and use that to kind of finance purchase that way. So um, you can, you can get pretty creative with it. And that's before we even talk about something like seller financing, which is very common in real estates, but it it can apply to businesses as well. It's very common in in business purchases. Uh, Absolutely. I guess I know somebody here who, who sold a a carpet cleaning business, basically exactly what you're talking about. And I I want to talk talk more about that when we uh, come back from break. Uh, Before we do uh, though, I want to make a quick mention here for the Tahoe Lakeshore Lodge in Lake Tahoe couple of hundred feet worth of beachfront property. Uh, you got to check them out. It's a beautiful lodge in, in Lake Tahoe, TahoeLakeshoreLodge.com. And we're going to go to our first trivia question. And again, uh, the rules, Jack, since this is your first time as a guest with us, if you know the answer, wait till we come back from break because we want to get the audience that you got a shot. And the theme is early American history. All right. So Christopher Columbus voyage uh, to the Americas in 1492 opened up a new era in world history. What country sponsored his expedition? Call 888-912-1190. The first caller with the correct answer is going to win the tanning certificate from Tanbella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Um, And again, the uh, certificate is worth over $100. So it's a nice little gift, especially since this is May and we're getting into the summer months. So again, here's the trivia question. Christopher Columbus, his voyage to the Americas in 1492, opened up a new era in world history. What country sponsored his expedition? All right, stay with us. You're listening to The Best Way Investing. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The Best of Investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM. The Answer. 
Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, Jack Duffley of Duffley Media, LLC. And we'll get into the media part of that in just a minute here as well. All right, our first trivia question. Christopher Columbus's voyage to the Americas in 1492 opened up a new era in world history. What country sponsored his expedition? All right, Jack, now you can answer if you know the answer. Sure. You know, the Italians weren't interested, so he went off to the, the kingdom of Spain. Spain, yes, with uh, sponsored, the, sponsored the deal. Yeah, yeah. No, it worked out pretty well. He came back with some pretty good. That's pretty, pretty, pretty gutsy of them to, uh, uh, to to say, yeah, we have no idea where you're going, but yeah, you seem like a nice guy. Sure, come back with some treasure. <laughs> An ego thing. I don't know. They, they, they give it a shot. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. And actually, here's a little non- trivia question but a little trivia um i remember you know a lot of people have uh, bashed christopher columbus in the last you know 15 20 years whatever it was you know, they, they hear all these stories about him being uh you know uh evil to the uh, indigenous people but when you read what really happened and you read some of his journals and some other stuff effectively what had happened was there were and i can't remember the name of the other tribe but there was a, a very nice group of indigenous people who he got along with fabulously. And they warned Christopher Columbus, don't go to you know X area because there's some really mean indigenous people. They didn't call them that. I'm just using it for this. Sure. Purpose. And and they're killing us like crazy. And Christopher Columbus goes, I'm not going to stand for that. So he went over. And so when you hear of him genocide or any of that kind of stuff, he didn't wipe them all out. In fact, he ended up taking a couple of them back to Spain to have uh, them explain what why they were being mean to these other indigenous people. So a lot of people don't know that, you know, it's a, it's a mixed bag. A lot of those old sources are pretty weird because there's just so few that are, you know, yeah. are actually preserved and a lot of them are on the Spanish side. So it's yeah. kind of a, it's, it's weird because obviously, you know, Cristobal, he's not going to, he's not going to disparage himself, but you know, <laughs> so you know, like bias from both ways, but it's, it's always more nuanced than whatever, whatever the media yeah, will but portray. It, but people um, rewriting history though, you kind of figure, you know, there's a little exactly. bit more of an agenda nowadays. Um, yeah. All right. So we have our special guest, Jack Duffley here. Now uh, I, I have to, I, I got to ask you with regard to, you know, how did you, how did you come upon a cleaning business and, uh, interestingly enough, the guy who cleans our carpets at our house sold his business to somebody. And and when you think about it, it's somewhat of a personal business because, you know, there's good carpet cleaners and there's not so good ones. So when you're coming in as the new kid in town, so to speak, uh, you're, you're basically buying a book of business, aren't you? Yeah. And I'm, I'm it's not so much that you're the new kid in town. I, th- I think if you were starting from scratch, absolutely. But the thing about buying True. a business Good is you're, you're kind of, you're getting a jogging start is how I like to think yeah. of it. Um, so long as you buy a okay one. And the, yeah. the one that I bought had, had a nice local reputation. Um, right. It's been in business since about 2016. So it was a little bit yeah. there as a couple of employees. Yeah. Um, and yeah, really with any service business, yes, the, uh, ultimately what it really comes down to, it's a simple model. You got to show up on time. You do whatever that service is. There's a reason I bought a carpet and steam cleaning business and not a rocket manufacturing company, you know, because there's just, there's not a lot that you really have to learn to be able to do a decent job. 
Um, And a lot of it comes down to showing up on time, showing up when you say you will. And if someone's upset, going that extra mile to try and fix whatever it is. And you could apply that lesson to basically any business. Sure. sure. Um, no, but it's good, but it's a and, good uh, yeah. analogy on that. So, right. Um, but, but how, how did you first start? Like what do you see an ad in the paper, so to speak, that said steam cleaning business for sale? No, not exactly. So that's kind of the hardest part in this whole game of trying to buy businesses. I don't expect this to be my last purchase ever. Um, but you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but the, they're, um, Narrowing the search is is pretty difficult when you're just starting because at least me, I, I kind of enjoy business. I know a lot of people also get, you know, business gets them going for whatever reason. And, and they're very interested in all these different ideas and opportunities. And it's very hard to narrow your search because there's just so much out there. If you look at a site like BizBuySell, for example, that's B-I-Z for business, oh, yeah. BizBuySell, um, it, uh, it lists tons of business opportunities out there. Sure. Uh, that's on a publicly listed side. Of course, you can get private, uh, not listings, but private deals that maybe are off market. If you happen to know a guy who might be interested in selling. So there's lots of ways to get deals, but that's where I found mine, or at least the broker who, who connected me to the person was through Biz by Sell. I asked about a different listing and they got me, eventually I found a different listing that they had um, through an email newsletter that they had sent. So, okay. Um, so now yeah. you're, you, 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 since you're busy being an attorney, I assume that you're not the guy who's actually doing the steam cleaning, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. Um, so, so how, how, how big, because again, this is we're, we're, we're focusing on the specific business that you bought, but it kind mm-hmm. of, you know, fits into generically. Uh, Absolutely. People are interested in businesses. So this business, um, uh, I guess it produced basically a thousand dollars a day, right? 300,000 dollars a year and not quite um, that evenly but yes i mean because you can do more than one house in a day depending upon yeah. how many rooms there are uh that, that's how much i know about steam cleaning and it's, it's not just houses out. too but think businesses and on the commercial side as well that's something we're trying to push into but but right um yeah. so, so, uh, so how many but you have like one or two employees yeah, so we got a couple technicians, and the first hire I made was uh, a general manager who effectively become the the day to day operator uh, okay. of the business. Um, and even if that cut into most of the cash flow, if not all of it, uh, mm-hmm. off the bat, um, I wanted to take that step to try and get it to the next level. I I could maintain it where it is, just working a few hours a week because that's kind of what the former owner was doing. You work part time on the business, maybe even more than a few hours, but. It was managing that way, but at that point, it's a part-time job, and I'd rather get to the point where my job is actually um, building and running effectively the management team. If I have, call it, three or four businesses in, in a little portfolio I got going at some point. Oh, interesting. Um, and I really want to focus on that and, and doing deals. I, I, I consider myself a deal guy. I like, I like doing deals. Okay, um, yeah. So that's where I'm kind of thinking. All right. Tell you what, we're going to cut to our second commercial break here. I want to make a mention also for Alcatraz Tours. Take a cruise to uh, Alcatraz. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been there, but I've, I've I have been once. And it's really cool. It is. Uh, it is. Yeah. Uh, City, uh, City Experiences does it. But just look online for Alcatraz Tours. Um, they You got to make a reservation, though, because they get really busy. So check them out, Alcatraz Tours. All right, uh, second trivia question. We're talking early American history. The first English settlements were failures. It was not until this crop was discovered that turned the economics around. Which crop are we talking about? 
Call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate. Stay with us. The best of investing will be right back. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing one more time. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with our special guest, Jack Duffley. Uh, Second trivia question. The first English settlements were failures. It was not until this crop was discovered that turned the economics around. Which crop are we talking about? If I had to guess, it would be tobacco. Tobacco. Very good. Two for two. I like it. Very good. Okay. I'll Um, have you know, Edward, I did did get a history uh, uh, major uh, in undergrad. So I I, I can't put myself to shame. Just so the audience knows, they did not know that I, I did not know that. So I, I I'm not, this was not a setup here. Um, You know, what's interesting too is, is uh, when the pilgrims first came over, they figured they were going to try to be like the first century church and, uh, and be, you know, like true communism, you know, one for all, all for one, everyone helping. But what they found out was just, you know, as, as quote, godly as they wanted to be, you know, everybody's got a little bit of greed within them. And if, if, if my family has one child and your family has 10 children and we're all sharing equally, I'm looking at, I'm going, why am I working so hard for, because my family's getting so little. So I'll just kind of take it easy a little bit. And, uh, you know, we'll all share evenly. Well, production went way down, and that's when they decided, you know what, maybe capitalism is really a better way to go. Yeah, private property, the the tragedy of the commons, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I taught taught an economics course in uh, high school and uh, found a a very interesting book that uh, taught on this stuff. Um, so going back, so uh, if you don't mind us asking, since you've already mentioned this was doing a three hundred thousand dollar business, how much did you buy the business for? Sure. So this one I bought for around one hundred seventy five grand, um, and that included a couple of vans and, and equipment, and that probably that itself is probably about sixty grand worth yeah. of, of stuff right. right there. So if the business really went to zero, I'd at least have that to mm-hmm. sell off. I really needed to, you know, a um, little bit of insulation there, I guess. So you could look at it that way. Okay, Again, it you also have, came, you have expenses, you have insurance, which is probably yeah. very high, the employees. Right. Um, at least the way we structure our pay is uh, our employees, at least once they get past kind of the junior stage of being a technician, they go from hourly to full commission. So they get a cut of the job. So that kind of helps uh, manage expenses a bit. If, in, if our income goes up, the expenses go up, but you know, income's up to cover it and vice versa as well. If, if income goes down, then expenses will go down too. So, um, but the guys prefer that because they're also incentivized to do some upselling uh, at the jobs as well. Um, say for carpet cleaning, maybe they can upsell an odor treatment or, or a stain guard. Um, and they're actually going to get a cut of that. And sure. now they're incentivized, I think in a much better way than if it was hourly, because then they're incentivized to take a long time and that's not exactly yeah. what we want to be doing. And so. I could see like, you know, other things like furniture, pillows, anything that, that yeah, exactly you know, some cleaning. On that. Exactly. Yeah. And then, and you have good customer service. If, you know, a stain comes back, you go back and, and just right. cut, uh, fix it for free. Uh, what do you see as your net? How long, first of all, how long ago did you buy this business? It was actually this year. So it's back in January. So we're looking at okay. about almost six months almost now six months. Uh, that I've owned it. And are you on a positive cash flow? 
Uh, right now, I'm like basically neutral because um, I've reinvested pretty much everything into. We're bringing on a few. Uh, uh, we're trying to do an outsourced sort of sales system with a couple offshore people, so we're going to try that um, oh, to try and bust more into the commercial space. I kind of alluded to that earlier. Tire do ticket. You, do you Go do ahead. like valve packs that sort of thing? Um, no, we right now most of it's Google Ads um, and. Uh-huh. Uh, that's pretty much where most of our business comes from. And then a good amount of referral as well. And where our active efforts are, but that I consider those kind of passive efforts, the active efforts are, are more towards commercial right now, because we've managed to land oh, okay. a few kind of restaurant clients some chain restaurants. Uh, oh, and okay. I think that's where, uh, if we can get most of our business towards that, the higher ticket, arguably lower headache sort of, sort of business yeah. Um, that would be great. Cause right now we're about 80% residential. Um, yeah. And I got, I got to think that, you know, this is one of those services that, you know, you got to be within a certain range of price. Yeah. Way too high or way too low. So right. if you have, uh, you know, so I could see where, you know, if, if you guys do a really good job, um, you're going to get referrals because people are going to say, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, as long as I know roughly what it's going to cost, I, I'd like to have somebody who's really good you know, who's trustworthy. He's not going to, you know, I'll, I'll, I come into the room and suddenly all the furniture is gone and right. in their truck. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Uh, but also to that number, just for reference, had I not hired a manager, uh, had I, had I not been like reinvesting now, it would be making about 70 grand a year. Um, so I guess you could say I added about 50 to 70 in annualized expenses. Um, as we try to get to that next level of, taking it to say $600,000 a year in sales. And then um, I think that's really, that's actually very impressive because, you know, again, you're, you're an attorney, so you have a regular job, but a Mm -hmm. typical, uh, I mean, I'm going to guess a typical person buying a a company like this would run it themselves mostly. Yeah. It depends. It depends on, I think of one, this size, yeah, probably I kind of consider this sort of a starter business and that yeah. like, I don't see this being the last one, like I said, and there's there's a lot to learn. And that's really the point here is I'm trying to learn a lot about okay. different sales strategies, for example, ways to, how to focus, how to incentivize people, dealing with emotions, all the great stuff that business yeah. teaches you. Um, and dealing that's emotions, both as employees and customers, of course. Sure. <laughs> so, um, oh, yeah. It, and, and, when, the, and the old and the old seller, the seller decided just what they were retiring just to get out. That's often the case, but with this one, so I think the two most common cases: one is retirement, and then the other is they have another business, and and that was oh, the gotcha. case here. He had another business, so okay. I wanted All to right. focus. Well, it's funny. We haven't even talked about any kind of real estate, but uh, this is very interesting <laughs> about talking about these small businesses. So we're going to get to our uh, third trivia question here. Uh, before we do, I want to make a mention for Transcendence Theater. Uh, they've got a lot of good uh, theater uh, shows. I've been to a bunch of them. They're just fantastic. Uh, I believe those are coming up at the Jack London Square Historical Park. So it's kind of an outdoor theater when the weather's great and everything. You want to check check it out. Transcendence Theater. All right. Uh, third trivia question. This political party was formed in Wisconsin in the 1850s and was largely supported by Northerners who favored its anti-slavery policies. What political party are we talking about? 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer wins the tanning certificate. Stay with us. The best of investing. We'll be right back. Now, back to the best of investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to the best of investing. Edward Brown, along with Jack Duffley here. And our third trivia question, this political party was formed in Wisconsin in the 1850s 
and was largely supported by Northerners who favored its anti-slavery policies. What political party are we talking about? If I had to guess, is that the Republican Party? It uh, is. The Republican right. Party, Abraham Lincoln being its first president. Very good. Three for three. Not bad. Of course, tremendous. A history, a history buff. <laughs> that'll, uh, uh, that, that, that helps quite a bit. Um, so let, let's see here. Uh, the hiring part. How did you hire your employees? Did you, uh, did you take the existing ones that they had and basically like rehire them to begin with? Yeah, yes. Uh, to start, yes. So I really only inherited the, the way this business is set up um, of the two technicians. And we also have kind of outsourced kind of administrative help. That's it's cheaper than hiring someone uh, full time. Yeah. But it, with the size we're at, that's what makes sense. Um, at a certain point, we're going to want an in-house admin, which is what we're looking to do in the next month or two. Um yeah. But so, so you have kind of that administrative support on the back end um, and they do a nice job. They've been working with this company for a while, but then there's the two technicians. So I kind of inherited all those systems and the two technicians. Eventually we had to let one of those technicians go. Unfortunately, uh, they've since been replaced. Um, then I hired the manager as well. And that was mostly through just posting on Indeed, interviewing a bunch of people. Uh, the manager actually hired the replacement technician himself. So okay. um, that was that was nice to kind of give him some autonomy to do that. And uh, so far, so good there. But, um, you know, just trying to build, get a feel for everything because we're all learning at the same time. So, uh, but that's the, that's the fun part of business is when you're, when you're working, working through challenges and uh, trying to make things better for, for the next run. All right. Good. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, so what, what would you say are the risks of buying a small business? Um, the biggest risk, well, it kind of depends on the type of business. Uh, but the biggest risk I would say is yourself. If you're trying to be at, when you, when you're the hundred percent owner, you can make all the decisions um, and you kind of have to make all the decisions, whether that's outsourcing those decisions or doing them yourself. That I guess that's one thing, but at, at the end of the day, it comes down to you. So there is a big risk there. Um, and with a smaller business that might not be able to afford uh, a great manager, for example, uh, depending how you structure it, that can be a bit tricky. So uh, you kind of have to be willing to understand your own limitations or at least find a way to, to bash through them. Um, so that's probably the biggest risk. And then depending how you finance things, that could add a whole new layer. Well, and also the myth of, I, I'm going to be entrepreneurial. I'm going to, I'm going to be self-employed. So I don't have to work as hard. It's just the opposite. So but, um, I will, I will say to that for people who hate their jobs, it like, I'm looking at uh, pool routes right now, just because I'm trying to learn a bit more about the business, like people who service pools and, and oh, clean yeah. them on a weekly basis. It's very common down here in Houston because sure. tons of people have pools and you need to clean them once you get them. Uh, and um, looking at a business like that, if you wanted to replace your job with something that you technically own, you own the customers and you can resell that list if you wanted to later. Um, and, and you hate your job and you want to work outside and, and do whatever job that is or, and, and do pool routes, um, you can go and pick up a pool route for basically one, one times the, the annual cash flow of that route or one times the revenue of that route and buy yourself a job. Like, go ahead. <laughs> like, and then yeah. it's all yours. And if you want, like I said, if you want to resell the list, you can. If you want to hire someone else, you can. But 
Um, you could say that about a, a lot of businesses and that you just want to try something new and then work on something else that isn't your current job. It's something you could try and then you're actually building equity in something potentially. But let's uh, talk about the due diligence on when, when buying a business, because that, that's really important. You know, you yeah. know, it's like as an example, I know that someone once told me, uh, you know, he was a little bit of a um, operator, I'll call him. Uh, yeah. He said, uh, he goes, yeah, I've got a, uh, I've got, I've got a, um, this is many, many years ago with a, with a self storage. He said, yeah, in order to, to, to get the highest, uh, uh, value, you, you buy a bunch of locks and put them on, on all the empty ones. So it looks <laughs> like it's hundred percent full, but I mean, that's fraud, you know? So how do you do your due diligence on like, what kind of, what did you do for the, uh, carpet cleaning business? Yeah. That'll depend a bit on how they've kept their records. Thankfully, my, my guide had pretty much everything digital. So it was easy to, to, ask for many things. Um, there are some businesses, I think it's pretty common with laundromats or they're, they're cash. very mom and pop and it's all done by paper and they don't know what last month's cash flow was, mm-hmm. but, and that, that can be a bit tough. Uh, sometimes you just got to take a leap of faith with some of those things. Um, I'm not saying I'd recommend that. Uh, but yeah, when, when you're getting into it, the, you'll see the advertised numbers and they're often a bit skewed for whatever reason. Um, or maybe they're like a previous year's numbers. So the first step is to ask for more information. What are the previous year's financials? Uh, can I see uh, like your, your whole income statement? Uh, and then eventually, if you get under contract, you can probably ask for the tax returns uh, yeah. to just to kind of verify that way. Um, so it's really just asking questions. Some of it comes with experience, you know, what to ask. And that's for having, you know, an experienced attorney perhaps, or <laughs> experienced agent or someone, someone on your side to kind of help. Cause I, I can easily them. see, you know, it's, it's like an explanation. Why are the, why is the tax return showing so low and the financial statement showing so right. high? Right. right? Exactly. Exactly. Why? I don't report all my income. It's like, ah, it's, it's usually not even that it's often that people are reporting, maybe personal expenses through the business. So oh, gotcha, backing yeah. out those expenses and you're like, Whoa, what is that? You know, $50,000 adjustment right there. Oh, those yeah. are my three personal vehicles that I run through the business. I'm like, that sounds like tax fraud, but not my problem. I saw that at, at, at from time to time, just large expenses that were run through it that probably shouldn't have not yeah. uh, uh, without knowing much. I can't say either way, but uh, just smelled a little weird. So, but you just yeah. got to ask questions and, and look through it. There's, there's not an easy way around it. And that's definitely your most important stage before purchasing is just making sure you're looking at what you think you're looking at. Gotcha. And we have uh, just a little bit of time left here. Um, what, what about the financing part of it? How uh, you, you said that, okay, A, you can do your own thing, like, you know, do a HELOC on your house. Right. Uh, you can get a small business administration loan. How easy is that? Uh, easy. It's relatively easy, we'll say. It, it's probably right. a bit tougher than maybe your average mortgage, because typically with an SBA loan, it's going to take a few months to close. They're going to look at the business. They're going to look at your personal financials as well. Um, they're going to put a lien on most of your stuff, probably, um, uh, meaning that they get a claim if you don't pay the loan on, on all your personal yeah. assets or whatever, or whatever amount it is. Um, but that's for SBA. And what, and what are the, what were the, ter- uh, you know what, we're going to have to cut to our next break. When we come back, I want to find out what the terms were that you were able to get on the SBA loan. All right. Sure. Stay with us. The best of investing will be back with some closing comments. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. 
Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Jack Duffley. Uh, so, Jack, tell us the, what kind of uh, terms did you get with the SBA loan for your steam cleaning, uh, carpet and steam cleaning business? So, I personally didn't get an SBA loan, but terms oh, okay. are typically going to be uh, seven to 10 years uh, at, I think right now you're probably looking at seven to 8% per year. Um, so, not terrible um, right. and real nice because it's fixed and right. Uh, spread out over 10 years it isn't so bad when you can buy a business for, you know, two times. Is it interest only or is it fully amortized? It's amortized. Um, over I think over 10 years? years? Yes. That's, that's yes. actually pretty high cash flow uh, negative then. You well, can say, no. you be fully amortized over 10 years. Well, when you're considering that you're buying the business typically for two times annual free cash flow, not really. Well, that's, um, that's true. That's true. That part's true. I mean, you can't you think of it in real estate that. terms. Absolutely. Yeah, be <laughs> but but you're, you're typically have a much higher cash flow yield on these businesses if true. you can run it well can or run continue it. running it well. You know, that's the big if. So that's where a lot of the risk is. And, and making sure that the cash flows from two years ago are not just some anomaly that they're pulling forward. Hey, look at the average cash flow for the last five years. Sure. But one of those years was crazy for, and you saw a lot of that with kind of the COVID era. Um, so you got to watch out for some of that. And that's where it takes, it's a bit of a judgment call there, but uh, let me ask yeah, you, terms, with, yep. with your, with your uh, employees that you have, um, are they, I know they're working on commission, but are they, are they working full time? Yes. Um, oh, and okay. At times when we when we don't have enough jobs in a week, we might try to kind of find some more, maybe working around the shop or, or all that sort of that, that's kind of common in January, February. It's pretty slow, a couple months. Or, or um, get them to go with that new pool business you're going to buy. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know about <laughs> that. It's kind of a different. Kind of, uh, that's kind of a different uh, animal. I don't want to distract them. Um, but I'd rather how, much, how much can they? How much generally uh, can can uh, a worker make in that business uh, under under commission basis generally? I, I mean, it's, it's really going to depend on your ticket size, but you know, some weeks, at least in the first few months here, some, sometimes our technicians will get over a thousand bucks a week. Uh, oh. They're keeping all their tips too. Uh, occasionally be closer to, you know, four or 500 in a terrible week, but um, it's usually somewhere between there, call it seven to 800 on average. But as we get bigger tickets, we're seeing the, uh, the average week come up, which is great for everyone. So um, and that's based on eight, eight, eight hours a day work? Yeah, it's often a quite a bit less, actually. Yeah. You might be looking at nine to three in many cases, or even just a half day, if depending yeah. on the size of that first job and how long it takes, and if there's one or two guys on it. So the days can kind of vary widely. But oh, so there's uh, got to be a minimum. Like sometimes people won't need a whole house. They'll need, need mm-hmm. just a couple of rooms and you probably yeah, have some minimum. We do have an order minimum and that's pretty common. Uh, and also if it goes beyond a certain distance, then we'll, we'll up that minimum. Thousand by other part. Time loss. To right. Right. Um, But yeah, so there's a lot of considerations there. I think the upper bound might be call it 80 ish thousand dollars. If if they're just busy all the time, got a lot of nice big tickets, um, $80,000 a year. But I think on average, you're probably looking somewhere 40 to 50. So it's, it's a respectable living, especially here in Houston where the cost of living is low. Um, and just everything's cheaper. I, mean, I don't know about California. That might not get you too far, but especially yeah. in the Bay Area. <laughs> but uh, how, but yeah. how many, like, a, what, what would an average 2,500 square foot house uh, cost? Um, to get uh, well, let's see if they're doing, you know, if that's like four beds, you might be looking at somewhere around 160 bucks for if it's just all carpet. If they're doing a bunch of tile, it might be much higher. Um, but we're, our order minimum is 129 right now. Um, 
uh, and that includes three rooms of carpet uh, or three areas. It's of very carpet. reasonable. I might just so, have yeah. you guys fly up to uh, California. I'll pay for your well, airplane believe, ticket to believe, come here. <laughs> believe it or not, we're kind of towards the premium side of pricing for for that sort of service. Uh, some of the bigger budget guys might be closer to 109 for for three areas. So we do charge a bit of a premium, but we have really good service and good ratings uh, as a result. Um, so we kind of want to lean that way. And as we move more towards commercial, we might even raise that limit just to kind of cut out some yeah. of the lowest value ones, but we'll see. Um, well, Jack, just trying to do good work either way. I appreciate it. Jack Duffley, thank you so much for being our guest. Here's our thoughts for the day. So I used to think I was indecisive, but uh, I'm not so sure now. And uh, what, whatever you give, give 100% unless it's donating blood. And uh, lastly, I'm never buying Velcro again. It's just a total ripoff. And uh, I would love to get paid to sleep. That would be my dream job. All right. Tune in next week to the best of investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to the best of investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on 860 AM. The Answer. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we believe are reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Nothing in this broadcast should be interpreted to state or imply that past results are an indication of future performance. There are no warranties expressed or implied as to accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from this broadcast.